Ahoy, and welcome to our 50th episode of the Sim Sundays podcast. It's a bit of a special one. Uh, it's been a busy, busy weekend. It's the middle of the night on the Sunday of the weekend before you're listening to this. If you listen to this this show every week, uh, we've had a busy weekend in Paul Ricard where our sim racing team was racing and we recorded a lot of interviews with people around the paddock and that episode will be coming out later on in the week. We are editing it as we speak. But this same weekend was the Rensport ESL R1 Major and the Rensport Summit. Rensport announced the new Praga R1 and they announced the starting of their closed beta phase that's happening in two days time. So that's Tuesday, the 6th of June. Uh, and we were lucky enough to get access to the drivers and the influencers who are at the summit. So during this special episode, we've got Josh Rogers, we've got Gamer Muscle, we've got Random Cool Sign, and we've got Jardier all joining us to chat about their impressions of the summit uh, and uh, a little bit about the new Praga. Um, and about the racing that's been going on. So, our 50th episode, enjoy. Hello, we are joined by Josh Rogers, all the way from the ESL R1 Rensport Summit. How are you doing, Josh? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Glad to be here. Yeah, great. Thanks. Great. It's, uh, it seems to be a busy weekend of motorsport at the moment, especially for sim racing. Uh, we've been over at Paul Ricard, uh, team, teams racing in the paddock there, which has been great. But you've been at the Rensport Summit. How's it been? What have you, uh, what have you seen? Um, yeah, obviously, it's been, um, it's been fun being back to another LAN event, um, this time obviously being the, uh, the spring major. So a big event um, for us as sim racers, ultimately the probably you know, one of the biggest events that we'll compete in this year. And um, yeah, it's fantastic to be able to see everybody again. And um, to race hard, uh, yesterday was uh, not the easiest of days, but, uh, you know, we're through to the finals day now. And, um, yeah, obviously looking to get the best result possible. But uh, have fun as well. Yeah, well, I was about to say, it, it feels like the group of drivers that are involved in ESL R1 um, at the moment, because you're the first to do it and you're kind of all experiencing the same problems or the same unknowns, the same challenges, etc. Um, has the paddock become quite close? Um I guess in some senses, yeah, maybe closer than um, what it is in other championships. Um, obviously, still though, you know, you, uh, we're competing at the end of the day, um, so uh, on track we're not all going to be friends. <laughs> That's normal, um, but uh, but yeah, I would say off track it right. probably is a bit closer <laughs> than others. Yeah, I, I kind of expected as much. I, I feel like uh, because it's a brand new game, it's a new little ecosystem. It's the first time ESL uh, has got involved in in sim racing. There's kind of this common thread that that, that joins you all. Um, so obviously, this weekend we had the, uh, the the summit, and Rensport used it as an opportunity to announce a few things. Uh, give us your impressions of what you've what you've seen over this weekend about the the kind of progress and development of Rensport the game. Yeah, obviously it's exciting to see that the you know the closed beta is finally coming um, for a wider audience. Let's say to be able to um, experience what we've been experiencing since um, uh, you know since January um, on the, the R1 builds of the game. Um, it's exciting times for sim racing for sure. Um, obviously, you know there's uh, uh, a big focus on um, online. Uh, play, for example, uh, obviously it's not the first stage of the the um, the closed beta, but uh, absolutely a later one, and um, it's going to be exciting to be able to finally see people be able to you know join competitive races and um, you know have ratings and things like this, uh, much like we have on other platforms already at a, a beta stage. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's 
going to be exciting for sure. Um, it's going to be nice to be able to see more people uh, playing the game and talking about it and uh, makes it easier to produce content on it too um, because uh, when people can kind of engage with it and try it themselves, um, it's, uh, I guess, yeah, a lot easier to, to be able to produce that. So exciting times for sure, not only from a driving perspective, a racing perspective, but also um, on other elements too. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess as one of the very few drivers who have been able to actually race uh, the ESL, uh, well, they are one build, of course, but you've been you've been racing uh, Rensport. Um, have you noticed any trends in the questions that your community and uh, people you know are asking? Is there anything that's that, that people are kind of really focusing in on that they, they really want to know about Rensport? Like, what what is it that people are like really keen to work out about this this title? Um, I guess the, the biggest thing that people want to know about is just how it drives, um, whether it's similar to other games, um, which obviously, I mean, in some ways is going to be, it's a, it's a racing simulator at the end of the day, but everyone has their own take on it. Um, and for sure, Rensport is its own thing. Um, it feels like it takes, a, a, or at least draws inspiration from the good things uh, from a lot of other Sims, but tries to, um, I guess, eliminate the the weaknesses um and yeah in the driving you can see that obviously it's still early access right so it's it's not going to be perfect but um for sure it's a, a great foundation to be able to build on and um yeah continue to improve uh, as the years come and honestly opening it up to closed beta as well is only going to help uh, progress that because you're going to have more people um you know submitting feedback and um and talking about the game and um you know whether it be positively or negatively, um, it can all help the, the progress of the game. Do you find that because Rensport has involved you as drivers, um, you know, bringing you to things like that, having these events like the summit where they're kind of announcing things in the roadmap, they're announcing mm -hmm. the details of the closed beta, they're releasing content at these events where you're physically there. Do you feel as, a, as an esports driver that you're, do you feel closer connected to the title? Um, than you would with perhaps other games because the studio is involving you so closely in the development process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the platform itself, they're, they're very transparent. Um, they're very willing to listen um, and improve because, I mean, ultimately that's, I guess, how you make the best product, right, um, is by involving the community and making something that everyone's going to be happy with. Um, obviously, you know, there's some cases where you need to kind of just go with what, makes most sense um, not all feedback is going to work but um, i'm glad that they're extremely transparent and the fact that we are uh, i guess racing on it for so long you know obviously we have encountered bugs um but that's all part of it right you know we we submit the tickets and um, they work tirelessly to, to try and fix that um, not only from our for our competitive um element and in r1 but um also for the public when uh, when it goes out to um you know beta and whatever um, but yeah, for sure, them kind of announcing all these things um, in this very, um, I guess, public setting, right? It's not just a, a simple blog post. Um, there's a lot more to it. Um, I mean, we saw yesterday um, here at the at the major with the um, you know a long talk. I think uh, you know they have with um, with Morris and, and some of the developers, um, and it's great to be able to see that I guess connection there um, and yeah you know get to ask questions and um just hear them talk about the game that they're so passionate about um it's very different when you get to kind of see that happening uh, for sure 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, given how remote gaming can be and how people can, you know, sit behind a, a username on, on Discord or Reddit or whatever and and kind of criticize a game without being having any kind of emotional connection to it um, at all. I do think it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting strategy by Rensport to really involve the community better uh, and make it more of a like uh, like a personable experience. So when you think of Rensport, you'll think of the people who are building it as opposed to just a title of which you can talk about on your on your your forums or or whatever. Um, so the summit itself. You know, we've been referring to the summit that you're at. You're at the the, the major, and and Rensport kind of have the the summit going alongside it. For those who weren't able to go, give us a sense of what the setup is like. What what what's been going on this weekend? Where are you? Like, the, you know, the give us a sense of the of the event itself. Yeah, so uh, you know, we're in Motorworld Munich, um, up on the second floor, and uh, you know, the moment you walk through the doors, you see three beautiful GT3 cars, uh, unbiased. Uh, my favorite ones, obviously, the Porsche. <laughs> right. um, left and right, uh, you have the public rigs, um, so you can try the uh, yeah the, the closed beta that will go out um, in, I think, maybe it's a couple days now. I think the announcement was the sixth. Um, so there, yeah, there you can try all the new content, uh, drive what we've been driving, um, as well as uh, the new car, the Prague R1. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, you walk a little bit further and you see the, the big, uh, the, the R1 stage with the, the stands, uh, either sides, um, with all the rigs and, um, you know, the, uh, all the big screens, it's, uh, it's for sure a sight, uh, to see. And it's great that, you know, they're combining the element for, um, I guess, being able to watch us race competitively, but also get to, um, experience the game themselves. Uh, it's, a, I guess, a little bit different to, to some of the esports where, um, you know, there isn't, I guess, that direct connection as a spectator to be able to try um, what's going on. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a fantastic venue. Um, it's been set up uh, really well. Honestly, I prefer this over the summit that we had last year. Um, it uh, kind of draws your attention in a little bit more. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun so far. And honestly, from uh, a public point of view, I can imagine. Uh, they would say the same. Um, give us a, um, an impression uh, of the Praga R1. Have you driven it? How, how does it feel? I actually haven't driven it, to be honest. Um, I've been uh, obviously very much focusing on um, yeah, the, the final, uh, the racing this weekend. Um, I'm sure when I go home after this, I probably will try it. Um, I can imagine it drives like um, a lot of other prototypes. But um, yeah, uh, for now, it's, it's for sure been uh, full focus on uh, driving the, the GT3R. Um, for this weekend's uh, finale. Great. Well, Josh, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you joining us um, and enjoy the rest of the, the summit and good luck with the rest of the races. Thank you. It was nice chatting to you. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. And, yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so very yeah. excitingly, I am joined by our first ever Sim Sundays podcast guest, Random Call Sign, a.k.a. Ricardo. How you doing, man? Very, very well. It's um, it's a proper weekend of sim racing this weekend. Uh, we had the SRO uh, round two at Paul Ricard, which has been great. And meanwhile, exactly the same time over in Munich, Rensport's doing the summit, which you're at. And you've got to drive stuff. You've got to meet people, meet the developers. Give us a sense of what it was like. I'm going to tell you, Tom, it is very ex... No, it, it's actually pretty nice <laughs> out here. 
The races yesterday were actually were absolutely fantastic. Um, for twelve cars only on track, it's it it gives you a great great racing experience, or at least as a as a viewer, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, what do you want to know more? Um, I would like to know how much you've personally been able to drive it. We we've spoken to Josh Rogers today, so we had a little bit of chat about the the esports element. But I want to know what it's like from your mm. point of view as an as an influencer of the sim racing masses. Right? What should they expect? What should they be excited about? Tell us about. it. <laughs> well, you're gonna hear my opinion, so nothing. Um, my opinion is a little bit different from everybody else's, I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, the sim, if if you're looking at Ranchport from a GT3 uh, standpoint, you know might as well just go anywhere else. I mean, okay. Be to be totally honest, uh, at least at this point, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 very very much a work in progress in terms of drives. Um, lots of things that we're used to in other sims, like traction control inside the course of competition, it's so good. And you go mm-hmm. back to this, it's okay, but it's still a work in progress. For me, the big thing about this, I don't think it's been talked enough is definitely the modding. Right. There is like this thing in modding that I'm not going to say it's going to supplant Assetto Corsa, at least not right now, but maybe in five years, there will be something there. Uh, if the modding tools are there, if the, the what they're trying to implement uh, for the modding is there. That's interesting. So where have you got this from? Have you been speaking to the developers? You spoke to Morris. Have they, have they kind oh, of I shown it? Yes, okay, great. I've, 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 I've uh, sorry. I, it depends on, on when it is, this episode is coming out because we are under NDAs. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, tell us, tell us what you can, because this episode is going to come out so today. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm under NDA until uh, the 6th or Tuesday, so I can't really speak that much. But the modding for me is going to be the, like the big, big thing, especially with the tools on Unreal Engine. That can be um, a bit of a game changer for uh, for the developers of mods. Okay. Uh, it'll be in some cases... For, uh, more complicated, but in some cases easier to bring stuff into it. Let's say. Okay. Okay. Well, that's really exciting. I think the modding community is is possibly responsible for propping up sim racing for the last ten years, especially on the set of Corsa platform. Yes. So I'm I'm very yeah. excited to to see more yeah, about that information. Of course, on... stuff like that. Yeah. So for me, that's that. I like the democratization of uh, of sim racing, and I like platforms that do it from a perspective of a personal perspective. So you make it your own driving sim or your own driving experience. So that's why I love Assetto Corsa. But I also like the perspective of, uh, of esports. Like everybody mm. can pick up a wheel and, you know, it's my skill that drives me there. So that's also the good thing about Rangeports that they want to build, you know, their things for, uh, for a proper multiplayer experience. At the moment, what you're seeing is like getting the creme of la creme of, mm. uh, of sim racing and see what what this de- delivers in terms of uh, show because this this right. is more about the show than about the sim. If you're watching ESL, forget about Rangeport. It's mm. all about the show. So yeah. if it gives a good esports show, uh, they probably have like something really good to work from. And then from you know next year or two years down the line, when they have like something a little more integrated, a more vertical. 
for the rest of uh, the sim racing community. Probably we have something a little bit different, but with you know with the same format or at least with the same structure. So that's I think that's a good thing about the sim itself. You know, it's like any any other sim. I've I've driven a set of course and when it was in gold. Uh, release candidate or in beta. I've driven a set of course of competition when it was launched on Steam back in what 2019 or 2018, and then checking those games from from 2013 into 2017 when it was like the the last update on the set of course. A completely different game to drive. If you pick up the car in 2017 in what CSP has done, completely different game to drive. Set of course is exactly the same thing. In the last month, it changed a lot, or as much mm. as it did from 1.0 to 1.8, as it did from 1.8 to 1.9. So, yeah, a lot of things are. What I'm ever, what I say, the game is right now in terms of driving. It's already outdated. It's in a week or two weeks or three weeks because what I've driven like last month on the the, the beta that I had, it's it's really not the same one that's what I'm driving here. There are mm. similarities, but I can't really give you how it feels right now because what I'm going to say, it's already outdated. Yeah, yeah. Well, it feels like the, the development is coming like thick and fast. There's lots of announcements coming out. There's content. Obviously, we've got the announcement yeah. of the closed beta mm -hmm. on the 6th. Can you think of any examples where a studio of a sim racing title has gotten the community, the influencers, the esports drivers so involved in the game before its release? No, probably not. At least not in. I don't guess in, in sim racing. No, this is a. This is more like a CS:GO for, for uh, sim racing. Mm. I know a lot of people won't like it, but you know it's <laughs> it's part of it. It's part of it as of this moment. It's it's going to be like think of the game as modules. I guess. Yeah. You know, the the esports thing. A lot of people will be grown. Oh, it's esports. It's GT3. That's just a part of it. You know, just a part of it. So the other models are more interesting in, in my opinion and how does the event itself feel the summit going to that like being at the major being at the summit kind of listening to to morris talking about uh, the roadmap and the ethos and the vision on stage like what's what's the atmosphere like is it it it, it feels exciting it feels different right um I, i'm i'm getting old and grumpy and you know <laughs> what do you mean getting uh what i feel about it is he is passionate about it i had to talk to him with him today he is definitely passionate about it uh there is uniqueness in the way they are uh setting it up because you really don't get these shows maybe back when you get the project cars to world cup or world tour before mm. that would be the closest similar to that um as of this moment, it's because of the integration with the ESL uh, that makes it a little bit different. They want to have like a, a live audience. They want yeah. to have like the content creators there to, to help with it because you have to remember, it's not just us. I, I, I am very small compared to Phase Blaze or Crim6 mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, they are here. They are presenting. They're, they're, they're doing content creation for a wider audience. While Project Cars 2 is or in the past or even a sro that are is running there it's more towards uh regular sim racers or you know older sim racers or mm -hmm. people that are in the community already um the difference here is that they are not trying just those people they are trying a wider audience i think that's the right way to go it's probably not going to be for the, the 
you know, for the older people and sim racing, it's probably not going to be in the beginning. It's not going to be totally accepted because we're kind of, um, we don't like very much change, but mm. in the future, in order to make the sport or sim racing sustainable, it can't be like myself, like a 30 something years old guy uh, in here. It needs to be like the 15 year old, the 16 year old, yeah. 17 year old coming into it. At least, you know, oh, I know this game. I like the racing here. And then maybe five years later, he buys a G20 something and it starts there, but he needs to really put the, the seeds of interest. Uh, in Rangeport, I think, does it, I'm not going to say does it really well because it's not very well known yet, but it mm. does better than, in my opinion, SRO, uh, at least in the beginning. SRO took like three years to, to get to set the course of competition at this level. I think ESL will be faster than that. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing about Rensport is that they're targeting gamers, not sim racers. They're they're targeting a mm-hmm. like a wider mm-hmm. demographic, which which is exciting for sim racing as an industry um, as a whole. But let's move on because I want to talk about the Praga that has just been released. I understand that you've driven the Praga, and I expect you've probably driven can't, the Praga. Can't speak about it. What? Can't speak about it until the sixth. Oh God! I'm under NDA, man. <laughs> So, what, and I have like a, a guy feels? here from Rentford. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, can't God. speak about it. I, in terms of driving, I can speak like the the M8s or M4s or whatever. Oh, sorry, not the M8s, the M4. Mm-hmm. I can speak about the M4, the Porsche, or whatever. You know, it's it it's a moving thing. But the program under NDA, like the modding specific, what track mm-hmm. is going to have mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. NDA but, man until the sixth. Okay. It's, 12, which would I want to have content anyways. Let me rephrase the question then. Let's not discuss how I, it I'm how really it drives. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Um, okay, let's rephrase I the can't. question. I can't. I don't, I'm not going to break anything. What okay. do you think about the fact that they've chosen the Praga next? Like, it's because I, I know obviously Rensport has been, maybe accused is a strong word, but the community, there's been babblings on the forums about it's just another GT3 game. Why do we need another GT3 game? So it's interesting that obviously now that they've released like a non-GT3 car, it's a Praga. What do you think about that direction? Because they could have gone any direction. They could have gone like Formula 4, Formula 3. They could have gone with classics. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell, what I'm going to tell you is like, I am not, I'm not saying about the quality or lack of quality of the, of the Praga, but because of the mods that I tried, Mm -hmm. track mods that I've tried, I wish it was something else. Oh, (laughs) Uh, so are you saying yeah, it's, that... because you know it, my, it's because of my ba- no it's not because of the quality of the car it's because no, of no, no, my no, no, background no. in a, in a set of course yeah 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 you know, so it's you, because so, of my background so... in a set of course and i'm like i want something that is stick shifts to see how it goes nice the Praga yeah. itself it's 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 for, it's a car that's yeah it's okay it's a, it's a, it's it's a it's a track car it's like a bit the track car it looks a bit different whatever but I wanted something else, but I guess for them, it, it's nice because once you get to try it, I'm not too sure when you're going to try it. You're going to try something that is different than the regular GT3s, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But myself, you know, I, I like a like a stiff, stick shift car. I would rather have like a Japanese turbo car or something like that. Well, we had Morris on the show, uh, I think two or three months ago and i was asking about like the roadmap for cars mm-hmm. and i was like you know would you consider classic cars or rally cars or open wheelers and the answer was yes 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 like he i think he wants basically anything that you can can drive to go on the platform so yeah it'll be interesting yeah. to see which direction they go after this 
Uh, I think a lot of the direction they want to go is um, maybe the direction that uh, Seto Corsa did in the past. Well, at mm. least feels like it. Because you're, you're going to have content that is them, uh, theirs, and then you have like the modding content. Right? Yeah. Uh, the modding content, once again, depending on what the tools they bring, it's, it's going to either make this game another one or something that's can have a, an impact like a Seto Corsa did or BMG. Well, not maybe a BMG because it's it's a little bit different, uh, but more like a Seto Corsa. Right. Okay. Well, I'm very Absolutely. excited. I think I think everyone is very excited, <laughs> and the mystery is kind. Of, there's like an, like an allure around uh, Rensport because the the mystery that's being created. Uh, so, thank you for for joining us. Thank you for giving us your impressions of the no problem summit. Sorry that I am under NDA, man. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. We'll just re-record on Tuesday. I'll be fine. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the summit and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Okay. So we are continuing the Rensport Summit ESL R1 major series of interviews this weekend. And I'm now joined by Jardier. How you doing, man? Hey, hello. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Good, good. We're doing very good. It's been a busy, busy weekend of racing. We've got the SRO at Paul Ricard at the same time as the summit in Munich. It's 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 nuts. Tell us what the atmosphere has been like at the major. Oh, it's awesome. Like like for every sim racing, like you know, like when you are it's sim racing esport, it's so different to anything else. And uh, how big this is is really really cool to see. You know, like the professional stuff, everything, how it's organized and created looks so amazing. Like, it's almost hard to believe that we are on a sim racing event, you know, like, so it's fantastic. So do you think from like an event organization standpoint, do you think the like ESL coming into our space, if we can call it our space, do you think that's that's kind of really giving us like a like a leg up? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if anybody, even like, as you said, SRO or someone will, will, will see this, they will be like, oh man, we need to step up or something because this is, this is like a really hardcore next level production value. And uh, yeah, I feel like also from the viewer point is absolutely fantastic. You know, like it's very nice. The commentators, everyone, the broadcast and the environment is, uh, is very, very cool. Yeah, it's nuts actually. And it's, it's kind of interesting. So we're what we're that we're recording this from just outside uh, Paul Ricard, where we've been this this weekend, and it's kind of interesting the comparison. So obviously at Paul Ricard, our team was racing mm-hmm. in SRO, and you're inside the paddock, right? So you're re- you're very much being involved mm-hmm. with motorsport, whereas I feel like Rensport on the very same weekend is is going for not like a motorsport affiliation, but like a gamer affiliation. So it's very like ESL, obviously one of the largest mm-hmm. esports organizations in the world. It's very much tapping into the gamer audience as opposed to the motorsport audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like as, basically, as you said, like uh, when you go to SRO, it's fantastic because you are in a paddock, you have the race cars there, super close, and and you watch the racing and the esports stuff. But exactly as you said, like this is like the gamer side of the of the thing, and I, I think it's very nice to see the combination or the connection of these two uh, to to these worlds, you know. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the driving that you've managed to do. Obviously, uh, Rensport has made some announcements this weekend about the Praga and about the closed beta. How's it been to has it been to kind of get involved and sit in the rig? Yeah, good, good. Like, I mean, uh, obviously, that was one of the most things I was looking forward to because I had played the Rensport like four months ago with the early ESL build. And now to compare how different it is, after just a few months of the development, it's super nice, you know, from, from my perspective. And I really cannot wait to 
people to sign for the close or drive the close beta. They will try the game. They will see how it is. And then let's say another four, five months will go by and they will see the game in the next state. And I cannot wait to see the reactions and how everything is going forward. And the driving was fantastic. Like I, I just literally, like a few minutes ago, I finished driving uh, the BMW on a Monza. I was doing some little Praga and, uh, and other stuff. And it was really, really fantastic. So in terms of, you, you said that there's a big step up in terms of the physics and the handling in, the, in, in, in four months ago to now. What would you say if you had to kind of like summarize the key differences and how it feels different in the last four months, what would you say the key differences are? I feel like the tire model is a little bit better. Like the, the grip is, uh, before it was like very, very slidey. And now it's like, let's say 20% less slidey. Mm -hmm. The sound of the cars is like completely different. Like, like four months ago, it was like non-existing basically. And now I would say the sound is like 90% finished or 80%, 85% finished. So it sounds really good. And the detail and the optimization of the game, like I feel like uh, we are driving here like a very high settings and it looks uh, fantastic. Like the detail of the, you know, the Unreal Engine, when you play mm. any game with the Unreal Engine, yeah. you, you see the detail and, and you see it here, there's like so many things. I was just driving on a Hockenheim and Monza and I was like, instead of driving on the road, I was just trying to like see what is everywhere. Like there's like trees and the crane with the camera and they have the lights for like a yellow flag, like they have mm -hmm. in Formula One. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, there's so much stuff around and the detail is so incredible. That's nuts. So do you think when uh, it launches, when the closed beta launches, do you think Rensport will have the best graphics of all the sim racing titles? Do you think the Unreal Engine is giving it uh, essentially top spot in terms of comparing the graphics of games. I know Automobilista uh, 2, everyone's very, very, uh, very complimentary about the graphics mm -hmm. there. And then obviously ACC at the highest graphics is great. Where do you think Rensport is going to fit in that like hierarchy? I think it's going to really, really attack the ACC in this because uh, obviously it's the same engine, right? The Unreal Engine, but they are using the, the newer one. Mm. So they maybe can do like more detail and more stuff. And I noticed on the cars that uh, if you watch the first ESL races and now the detail on the cars, like the reflections, it's actually looking even better than it was before. And I, I just like, the, the, I think the important thing is because the game is still obviously in a very, it's alpha stage, right? Of the game, yeah. it's like version zero, zero, zero something. <laughs> so obviously the optimization, is like that's one of the things when you develop a game, it's one of the things you do almost last or like later in a production. So I'm very curious how it's going to impact the, the players, you know, as well, like at the beginning. But I think what people will notice that the graphics, like the detail, everything is like very incredible. Like the, I said, like not only the racetrack, but everything around mm. what you like watching around you, you know, like is really, really nice. And uh, yesterday I was able to try some, some stuff and I was like sitting in front of a tree with the pines and you can literally see the pine tree with everything, <laughs> which is like, I'm like, it's crazy, you know, it's, it's crazy how far the sim racing or the gaming is yeah. going. If I compare it to like Air Factor 1 in 20 or oh 15 God. years ago to Air Factor 1, you know, and, and now you compare it to this, it's like, wow, this is this is crazy. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, I think I think it's going to, I think Automobilista is like a different because it's the, the Met engine, right? But the, I think the Rensport, you can really compare good against ACC. But you also have to take in the impact that the game is still not like released. You know, it's like very far yeah. from the release. ACC is already four years here with a lot of patches and updates. So, but 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 when you go on the first track and you will just leave the pace, you will definitely notice the the the, the design and the the detail is like absolutely like 
a step up again, yeah. you know, a little bit higher. And do you think do you think the reason perhaps you know they've made the decision to go with Unreal Engine Five and, and kind of really dive into the aesthetics mm-hmm. of the game is something to do with wanting to achieve viewership? You know, it kind of it kind of if you're going to go with ESL and you're going to say to ESL, right, let's use our platform to take sim racing to the gaming audience. It needs to look mm-hmm. good. It needs to look the part. And so they've kind of almost had to mm-hmm. put a focus on the aesthetics so that when they're putting the game in front of a gaming audience they go oh, okay this looks good uh, i have no idea to be fair <laughs> but i i'm, I'm I think maybe i feel like maybe i think maybe the unreal engine might be a little bit easier to work with i i was listening to one of the modders uh, uh talking about it and they were saying that the unreal engine is really easy to work with it's a great tool and for like developing anything basically. Mm. So maybe it's a little bit cheaper. Maybe you can like spend less money because you don't have to create your own mm-hmm. basic stuff. I really, I really don't know to be fair in this, but but I agree with you saying that uh, it might be better for like the also younger audience and and people involved in the gaming, you know, they will notice the graphics like, oh my God, this looks exactly like, I just played like Sons of the Forest or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this looks exactly the same, you know, like the graphics are fantastic. So. I think it's very important to uh, to stay with the things that are in, you know, with the gaming. Because, like, it's like one of the things that when you, for example, play iRacing, you obviously notice that the graphics or ra- race, mm. r- race room, you will notice the graphics is just outdated yeah. in a way. You know, like the detail and stuff like that is good. It's good. But when you show it to someone who plays some actual games right now, mm-hmm. you'll say, oh, my God, it looks so old, you know, or something yeah. like that. So I think it's very important to keep that actual state of the game so or the actual what's like in in the gaming right now yeah 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 totally agree and uh one of the biggest uh bits of news that's come out of the summit so far is obviously the uh the praga the praga has been released so the whole mm-hmm. it's another gt3 platform is is now you know there's a very concrete kind of here we are this is not a gt3 and we've just announced it on the platform what are your thoughts yeah yeah, I mean, the, the, the Praga is like, obviously, it's a great, like, because obviously Jimmy Broban is a super involved yeah. in the sim racing, yeah. and everybody knows he drove Praga. So now Praga is like a super car to get in a game. And I think it's a really great production value for, for this. And it's obviously showing the people that it's not about GD3 racing. And I, I don't know how much I can say, because uh, on a Friday and, and yesterday, they already said so many things about the upcoming cars in the future of mm. the game, what the game want to be. And you can clearly see this is not a GT3 game. You yeah. know, like you can clearly see this is not what's going to be. So uh, I'm personally very excited because, uh, like, obviously, I'm a big fan of the sim racing and the gaming as well. So I, I really look forward to see where it's going to go because uh, <laughs> it was one of the first things I said. I hope it's not going to be just GT3. I hope it's going to yeah. be some LMP cars and TCR cars. And and uh, and then they finally said, like, it's going to be, like, exactly that, basically. So yeah. I was like, wow, great. <laughs> you know, I want to see that. But obviously right now, I don't want to be too pessimistic, but right now it's just like saying stuff mm. and I cannot wait to see it like, how oh, it's going to be in a year. You know, like when we sit here in a year and we're going to be on our next summit and we're, we're going to be driving, I don't know, LMP cars here uh, at the ESL major, that's going to be something else. Yeah, that's very, very exciting. It's going to be very cool to see other cars at that level being driven around. That'd be cool. Okay, so... Um, Last question. I know you've, you're, you're busy and the race is going on uh, on the main stage right now and you're going to want to go and watch it. Um, but just tell us what it's like going to like a live event as a real kind of stakeholder in the sim racing community. Like, 
every event that I've ever been to, Gamer Muscles there, Random Cool Signs always there. You go to a lot of them. What's it like getting together? Like influencers, you've all got your own communities, but you share this like common but very unique like career that the three of you share. What's it like getting to meet up at an event like this? It's really awesome. I always look forward because obviously like all these guys are my friends and we all live in a different parts of the world. So it's super nice to, to meet, you know, and uh, hang out and just talk about basically the thing we talk online, we talk in a real person. Yeah. You know, yesterday we were on a pizza, we were eating pizza in the front of the hotel and we're just nerding about uh, <laughs> sim racing games, which is better and what, what tire model is horrible and better and force feedback and that and that, you know, so it's really good. And then you meet some people who, who come here to, to watch the races and, they they uh, they are from example from our community and from our Discord and, and we we start talking about the, how how good this game is and how we enjoying this and that so I, I really like it like I'm very antisocial person like for me it's I cannot wait to be home in yeah, my yeah. in my home uh, you know like only me and my dog and my girlfriend and nobody else but at the same time like going to events like this I really like to I, I really do like it you know like to socialize and uh, just share the stuff because. It's just, you know, it's my life, you know, the sim racing and everything. And, and, and you can see the approach from the people who are sharing the same love to the same thing. It's, it's just so fantastic. And everyone is so nice and warm and welcome. And, 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 and just, just, yeah, it's just, it's just like hanging out with friends, you know, so it's great. That's beautiful, man. I can see and hear how passionate you are about getting together with other sim racers. And I was really gutted that the summit clashed with the, uh, uh, SRO, the you know, Red Sport invited us to come down and do podcast there. But hopefully the next summit will be there because it sounds like a lot of fun. But thank you for your time. Really appreciate you taking the, the 10 minutes out of your day and go thank and enjoy the, the racing. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, so it's happened. Finally, finally, after over 50 episodes, Game of Muscle is finally on the Sim Sundays podcast. The context to this is that I've been DMing this guy and speaking to him at various events, asking him, when are you going to come on the podcast? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 this week, next week, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then completely goes to me because he's a massive diva. But we've, we've tracked him down at, Red, at the Red Sports Summit and dragged him to the podcast studio. So welcome, sir, to Sim Sundays. Thanks for having me. This is this is like a ambush podcast. I was literally talking to someone, uh, like someone, someone high up in the Rensport people, just having a chat with with some uh, Mezzo mix. I won't say the branding. This is like this is Coca Cola and lemonade mix. So it's not Mezzo mix. That's Fanta and Coke. I'm learning all the German drinks. I'm chatting, and then some guy comes up. And he goes, "Tom wants to do a podcast with you," and I'm like, "Ah, okay." Well, but he's not here, and then they've just they've shuttled me to a to his little room in the corner of a. If you ever been to Motor World, that's where ESLR One's happening, which is a an X train uh, industrial building with loads of cars in it. You can buy cars. It's got Formula One cars. It's mental. So I was shuttled in this little room, and uh, there's Tom. On the uh, lap, <laughs> this is just a, it's like one of those weird, dreamy kind of things where you're just like, Oh, what's going on? I'll just, just go along <laughs> with it. But it's awesome, it is great to actually finally have this happen, and this is the best way. I love spontaneity, unpredictable spontaneity. I'm looking at the microphone, that's not a camera, the camera's there. <laughs> unpredictable spontaneity <laughs> is right, that's that's the best, it's the best way to do it. 
Yeah, 100%. And it's the only way with you. I think uh, planning this podcast has been has been a challenge, but here we are. It's only going to be 10 minutes this time. I'm still going to drag you in for a full hour-long episode at some point. I'll just have to turn up at your house by the sounds of it. But anyway, less of that. <laughs> the summit. What's it been like getting to get to see all, all your old friends, all your old sim racing friends and the drivers and, and trying the new game and kind of meeting all of these people kind of within the context of a sim racing platform as exciting as Rensport? Well, first of all, I'd like to be clear that I don't class uh, Jardier, Ricardo Clero, uh, Rad Weasel. Those particularly, they're not friends. I class them as enemies. Uh, the esports <laughs> drivers, again, and friends, you, you, you just implied friendship there. Disgusting. I've, I've been trying to get Jardier run over <laughs> since we've been here. And uh, random, co- <laughs> random call sign, we were in a car, Jardier was driving, and random call sign, we were like, oh, you get the directions on your phone for the sat-nav. He's like, okay, I've got it. He selected the walking mode, which if you're in a car and you're trying to get directions using the pedestrian <laughs> mode, doesn't work very well. So we were doing a lot of turning around in circles. But yeah, you know, it's awesome to, to you actually get to see everyone in person and uh, you get a really interesting behind-the-scenes, unfiltered conversations from eSport drivers. And I think... That's a really nice mm. thing of an event like the ESL R1 or any any like real world sim racing event. You have an actual reality, uh, all the background stuff as well as the event taking place. It's the same. It's the same when you go to a racetrack. It's not necessarily just the race, and it's nice with the ESL R1 to have that environment and that that surrounding uh, the, the, all the surrounding stuff that you, you don't get in any other context. Yeah. Now we've we've spoken to uh, this morning. We've spoken to Josh Rogers. We've spoken to Jardier. We've spoken to Random Call Sign, and we've kind of gone like in depth a little bit about. We've talked about the modding platform that's coming out. We've talked a little bit about the Praga, but not too much because I know you're under NDA about the actual like handling and physics of it. And we've spoken about the like the esports element that Rensport specifically is focusing on. So rather than diving into all of it, I'm going to ask you. Having now been at the summit, what do you think is the most exciting part of the summit? Like what's been, I know the beta has also been announced. We've discussed the beta, the closed beta um, as well with everyone. But what do you, what, is there anything standing out to you that's like the most exciting thing that's kind of occurred during the summit? Yeah, so so the most interesting thing, I I'm, I'm bet your random call sign probably said this as well, is the, the announcement of uh, mod support for Rainsport. Mm. Um, that. That to me is the most interesting thing, especially with Sims, because the, the infinite amount of content that can be brought from that and then how that fits into the sim racing scene and the commitment from Rensport to then, it shows that they want to do a, they're not just trying to make a GT3 game or a singular thing. They are literally trying to make the sim racing game, which is, it's, it's, that can be good and bad, but it's either way, it's interesting. Mm. Uh, and how well they pull that off is very interesting. So uh, to me, that's quite exciting. I, I think it is too. And um, something that that I've kind of identified, I think, over the last couple of months following the, the Rensport development and the Rensport story almost, is that I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's happening behind the scenes with the second version of Assetto Corsa whilst you know they're developing they're probably in the latter phases of development now it's due to come out in spring 24 allegedly but whilst they're developing and whilst they're put you know they're kind of working out the structure behind this game they're watching Rensport and they're probably kind of like 
thinking, okay, well, that's working well for Rensport. That's not working so well for Rensport. People like this about it. People don't like this about it. I'm really wondering what influence Rensport is having on the development of AC2, if any. Oh, well, from my view of Kunos, I'd imagine it's probably not having any influence because Kunos just do whatever. <laughs> they do whatever they do and nobody <laughs> knows what they do, which is great because uh, Kunos are very talented, but it's, you know, sometimes their choices don't make any sense. But that, and that's nice to see with Kunos. So, but yeah, I do think uh, developers will be, will be looking at what other stuff happens and then how you can fit into that space. But uh, yeah, no, it's... Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure how much impact Rensport will have directly on Sims that are coming out within the next year or so. I think it's more, I, I think Rensport has an opportunity to set the, uh, a baseline of expectation. So in the, in the same way that I think AC1 set a baseline expectation um, or um, iRacing with the like, online ranking and stuff, mm. once you start seeing two or three simulators, for example, have ranked split multiplayer, and it, and it becomes it becomes an expectation. I think that's where you, you get to a point where developers struggle harder and harder to release a game without ranked multiplayer, for example. So I think I think with AC2, I would hope that uh, they'd look at L- uh, LFM, they'd look at they'd, they'd look at iRacing, and then if, if Rensport has uh, the ranked multiplayer system, it's going to be mm. untenable to start with Gran Turismo as well. You, you can't then just release a game missing what is considered a default yeah. feature. So, I think that kind of stuff is will, will impact other developers. Yeah, I, don't, I totally agree. I think it is going to be a game changer. And I think Rensport as a concept is going to have like lasting ripple effects on the sim racing sector, like for the next decade or next two decades even. But let's talk about a little, little bit about the ESL element here. Like what impact do you think ESL kind of joining forces with Rensport from a, an esports viewership point of view, is going to have on the sim racing industry over the next couple of decades? Yeah, well, obviously with the ESR one, there's a lot of money that's gone into the the, you know, the prize money. The, this event is obviously crazy, and to have a, sort of a, a very uh, top tier esports event around sim racing that's going to be we'll have like a you have a winter season, summer season, and uh, potentially special events and things. So having Having that as a focal point for sim racing that everyone can get behind, I think it's, it shows that there's a large financial commitment behind the sim racing esport and, and building that. Um, I, I get the impression, obviously, with, with, with these types of things, they're, they're going for like five-year-plus strategies. So it's not going to just, just disappear. But I think it's, yet, it's still yet to be proven uh, the, the sort of esports in sim racing is is yet to be proven in terms of the the absolute viewership component of it, but the way that ESL have gone about it, I think is the right way, the most likely way to make it work. I think one one of the things actually I noticed from this summit that I think they've done really well, and I think it's actually a good idea, is in many ways it makes sense to focus the sim racing esports and try and target a, a younger audience than necessarily what you would get from a more traditional sim racing esports event. So also involving, uh, you, you've got Ian Porter, uh, Crim6, and you've got other people that are from the, uh, the, the, the other, like uh, Call of Duty, uh, other ESL events mm. and other gaming spheres that are starting to come into sim racing, trying to like get their audiences involved in it and you know get that crossover and really get sim racing out to more people. 
and out of its initial bubble. Because I don't know about you, but from my experience, when you introduce people to sim racing, when you get them in a sim rig, when they actually are exposed to it, a huge number of people are really receptive to it. But the issue that sim racing mm. has always faced, and it's based on the issue that VR, I think, has also faced, is getting it out there in the first place. You could have something great, but if you if it's not being pushed out, no one can see it. So, yeah, I, I, I think the ESL thing is a great opportunity to, to bring in more people. To what extent that will work and to what the optimal way of doing that is, I think is still still being worked out. But it's again, it's all like up in the air. This is what I love about it. It's, it's all so up in the air. It makes it really quite exciting and shows that there's stuff happening. Will it work? Won't it work? Well, we don't know yet, but let's uh, let's see how it goes. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And it's really interesting seeing the um, like the uh, traditional esports guys kind of how they approach like being an influencer in sim racing. I feel like sim racing obviously wants to get to a stage where it's comparable with other esports like CS:GO, Call of Duty, Fortnite, etc. And so it's interesting to bring people who have kind of been influencers in that space into the sim racing space and see how they do things differently. So from your point of view as a I know you're going to blush here, but as a sim racing influencer, have you seen anything that the esports guys are doing differently that you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I wonder if that transfers across to sim racing. Uh, do, do you mean in, in terms of general general esports guys or? Yeah, so someone like Crim6, right? So Crim6 is there. Uh, he's obviously widely regarded as the all-time best Call of Duty player, has got hundreds of thousands, probably millions of, of fans around the world huge footprint in in gaming and esports now he's come into the sim racing world fairly new to it and we had an interview with him last week and i know that he's a, he's always been a big uh, motorsport fan um but he's kind of new to the sim racing scene i'm just wondering if you are you seeing him trying to engage his audience in any ways that you're like oh that's different that's like that's what the esports guys are doing with with their audiences perhaps sim racing influence could try something similar i'm trying to work out um, if there's like a real difference between how you and jardier and random call sign engage your audience versus someone like crim6 no I, d I don't i don't think there's that much of a difference well more so the thing with someone like crim6 obviously he's he's more analogous to like the uh, esports drivers and how how they can approach mm. things so they he's built his following by being having a really good esport work ethic and being bloody talented um, and then building all its fruit. Are you that saying you're not a talented sim racer? Um, well, I th <laughs> my, my skill level <laughs> is probably somewhat debatable, especially compared to the people in the room next door. So I need to do a battle with Crimstick, though. This is, this is the real... He, uh, you know, now we've got we've mm. got some beef after I've blocked him from turning. The, in the battle that nobody knew they wanted. The battle, the, yeah, the battle that no one actually wants. <laughs> the, the, it's just me trying to steal his audience. That's the real skill of uh, being an influencer that has no talent. Nice. But, you know, I, so I think Crim6's uh, model would be more one that uh, I think esports drivers would be looking to follow rather than general idiot influencers like me. Uh, I, think, I think a really, this is something that's happening more and it's something that's, um, not that common in sim racing is that there's a lot of esports drivers, uh, sim racing esports drivers that don't also do live streaming or don't really do social media posts as much mm. and don't build that up. And I think part of the job of, I mean, I know they, they're, they're bloody good at sim racing. Their focus is when it's sim racing and it sh that should be their primary focus. But at the end of the day, if you're doing esports, it's a business, it's marketing, it's entertainment as well. So I think, um, uh, 
the, the thing you could learn from Krim Six and, and, and other really successful esports players is that they're not only very good at the actual esport they do, they also build up their the, the promotional part of them. They do a lot of streaming or they've done a lot of social media posts. And I, I think a lot of esports in sim racing and, and even in like, even still in Counter-Strike and stuff, there's a lot of people that mm. don't start building up their social presence uh, for, for understandable reasons. They're not interested in it. But unfortunately, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's this, it, the e-sport and sport in general is a business and building that is if you want to do it is if you want to do it as your full-time job well you you have to tie into that the, the sort of capitalist component of yeah. it so that's the lesson is to build it drivers esports players building their online profile even if it's begrudgingly doing it like trying to do it build it and everyone everyone starts off crap like i mean i mean i'm, I'm my content is still pretty bad <laughs> but like i started off it was everything i did was terrible <laughs> but the, the more you do of anything the better you get at it, but the easier it gets to do as well. So even if you're not that into it, it's like, well, it's not even any work to do some social media posts and think of some like silly stuff to do. Mm. Um, and your audience will like, they like to see that. Like um, some of the esports drivers have like really weird downshifting techniques where they, instead of downshifting like gradually on the RPMs, some of them are like, just letting, like clicking it really quickly. Just so that when the game allows a shift, it will shift because of shift protection. And but you could show, they could they could show that, and that's potentially a post that can get many thousands of views, and other people can meme on it and stuff, and that's the yeah, leveraging yeah. the marketing component of it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's fascinating. I think uh, I think the merging of of let's call it traditional esports and sim racing. I think I think sim racing is gonna can only benefit from that by watching what works and and how other people in esports have had success which is like 10x or 100x what like your biggest sim racers have had so i'm very interested to be watching that over the next couple of years finally i know you've got a race to go and 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 watch um next rensport summit so there is news or rumors i suppose that there's going to be another one later on in the year what would you like to see at that next summit in terms of progress of the game or features or announcements or or even potentially like new new content cast tracks etc what would you love to see in like four months time from Rensport? yeah so i mean obviously at the moment i, I think because they've they've really i think eslr one in those summits it's, it's all happened very quickly and so the developers like we've been really struggling to get stuff out so obviously they need they need more tracks in particular because they, they, they did announce um they did announce Monza at this event, and there is some yeah. other content and stuff. I'm not sure what exactly I can talk about, but there, there are there's more more stuff coming. Uh, I think uh, on the GT3 side, having the more tracks, having that more fleshed out, so that you know, it just, it's just more there's more stuff for them to drive rather than having to drive the same tracks uh, uh, over and over again. Um, in terms of the, um, the sort of the the actual production of the SLR one, I actually think they do a, a really good job of it, generally speaking. But I think the one thing that's missing, um, partly just due to the nature of doing a live format and the production of getting things going along quickly, but I personally would mm. really like to see more like uh, like crash analysis and like breakdown of like you know who caused this, why did they cause that, get the driver in to go well. No, the reason why I did this and. They push, they push what, you know, sim racers love that. We love it. It's like a real missed opportunity yeah. to have that kind of who's guilty, who are we blaming and actually have the drivers, you know, discuss it. <laughs> you know, I think, I think. It doesn't sound toxic at do. all. 
<laughs> no, but you need it's positive toxicity. That's what I call it. <laughs> it's totally fine. There's people hitting each other, but it's it's, it's like a UFC or something. It's positive positive beating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But then also, you know, when they've had like the um, the penalties and stuff that they've done, because they've got like a they've got like legit. There's a guy from the uh, FIA here that's like looking at rules and stuff, and then they but they within the broadcast itself, they have uh, an actual you know, proper legit guy, proper views of it, trying to be as fair as possible. But I think from the end viewer's view of that, the, the, when you, when you sat there, I can see what's going on in the, watching it in the physical location. I don't think it necessarily comes across mm. on the broadcast that that sort of drama that's actually happening. Uh, and again, it's, it's, I think it's difficult to fit it into a very structured live stream, but for me as a yeah. viewer, and I think to people that aren't, that are sort of more, um, they're watching simulation as a spectacle rather than as a player of the sim. That drama, the the tension, the disagreements, the toxic stuff. That, but that's that's the entertaining stuff. Is that that is that's the story, live, right? People that's are here for value, stories. But that's the value of a live event versus the value of an online event. I think is that all that mm. the, the more human stuff, and then that also connects you to people more. And it tells a, a, a richer story. So it's working out ways of leveraging that richer story um, that I think c can be improved. But I, I mean, I say this as if it's an easy thing to do. As I say, it's, it's really, really hard to get the balance right between a production that's smooth with a format that makes sense, easy to watch, and a production that has uh, the, the, the interest and the, 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 the humanity of stuff coming through it. So it's a really hard thing to nail. I think they have it. They definitely. Um, so Ash is doing the uh, Ash Vandy's do, been doing the pit lane role that I was doing at Katowice, and she's done like yeah. a really good job, I think, of getting uh, like richer questions in there and getting uh, Ian in there and doing that kind of stuff. So trying to make it a little bit more um, a little bit more organic feeling. So I think doing mm. more of that again is as directly human feeling as possible. The more they can do that, the, the better it will be. And I think that's always something that they could, that anyone can improve on, to be honest, with uh, with broadcasts. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really hoping to get along to the the next summit and come and come and experience it. It sounds like it's been such a great event. Thank you for giving us 15 minutes of your time. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, I was about to say I'll see you at the next one, but who knows with you? You're like smoke. You <laughs> so uh, <laughs> enjoy, and we'll chat soon. So there you go, our 50th episode in the can. And it was a special one. We got to really explore Rensport, a very exciting new title coming out. Um, and we're going to be furiously editing the special SRO episode that's going to come out uh, middle of the week. We're doing that through the night tonight and tomorrow when we get back to the UK. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then we've got, as always, an exciting array of uh, guests over the next couple of weeks. Actually, we've got some really good guests coming up out um, over the next couple of weeks. Um, so thanks, as always, to our sponsor, uh, Track Racer, uh, coming to the end of our, of our year of sponsorship. So uh, thank you for the rig uh, that we now have in our, our studio. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, and that's it. Until next time, I'm going to bed. Goodbye.